Hi, guys. I'm assuming no women listen to this. Um, you're listening to P.S. Tape Recorder. This is Neil Brennan, which I should have said at the top of this, but I didn't. P.S. Tape Recorder. Hello there, I'm P.F., this is my tape recorder. Coming up, Kermit Appio on easing your way into a stand-up comedy career. Even when I was doing open mic, I never really thought I'd do it as a job. You know, I, I, I just sort of like being around it. We'll hear more from Kermit, and Rush Limbaugh is a big fat pig, an homage to the late Davy Jones. But first, as always, fake news. Now, fake news with me. Apple has confirmed it will host an event next week in San Francisco where the company is expected to unveil the next iPad. The special event takes place on March 7th at the Yerba Buena Center for the Arts Theater at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, according to a press invite from Apple. That means a few days before that, one of the new iPads will be left in a bar, on a subway, or in a taxi cab. Oh no, look what someone did. Republican presidential hopeful Mitt Romney cruised to an easy victory in the Arizona primary Tuesday and eked out a narrow one in Michigan, a double win that steadied a campaign shaken in recent weeks by surging support for rival Rick Santorum. Santorum almost won Michigan by trying to appeal to the state's auto workers there in Michigan, while Romney tried to lure support away from Santorum by saying he too was against people having sex ever. The United States said Wednesday North Korea has agreed to suspend nuclear activities and accept a moratorium on nuclear and long-range missile tests in a breakthrough in negotiations with the secretive communist nation. North Korea will halt its nuclear activity in exchange for food aid, medical supplies, and the broadcast of the final season of Lost. See, they were, they were left behind on that one. They only got up to season five. Evangelist Franklin Graham has apologized to President Obama for questioning his Christian faith during a cable television interview last week. Uh, quote, I regret any comments I ever made which may have cast any doubt on the personal faith of our president, Mr. Obama, unquote, Graham said in a statement. He continued, he continued, should Mr. Obama win re-election, I will fully support him from the moment he places his hand on the Koran and is sworn in. Montana's U.S. District Chief Judge Richard Sabool on Wednesday admitted to sending a racially charged email about President Obama from his courthouse chambers. The judge acknowledged that the content of the email was racist, but said he does not consider himself to be a racist. He said the email was intended to be a private communication. Let's see a defendant pulled that crap in court. Yes, I beat my wife, but it was in my own home, so I'm not like a spousal abuser or anything. It was a private thing. This leap year, 95-year-old Lillian Hartley used the extra day in February to sneak in an extra shot at love. She got married. A confused and frightened Rick Santorum condemned the wedding, saying that if elected president, he would put a stop to gray marriage. Bill Murray will not do Ghostbusters 3, but unfortunately for fans of that movie franchise and films everywhere, Dan Aykroyd will. And that's been Fake News with me. Well, in figuring out what to do for this week's bit, uh, there was sure a lot to choose from. Uh, there was Mitt, my wife, drives two Cadillacs Romney. Uh, there was Rick, if you go to college, you're a snob Santorum. But then an old friend stopped by. It makes her a slut, right? Makes her a prostitute. She wants to be paid to have sex. Oh, Rush, you scamp. What are you up to now? A Georgetown University co-ed 
told Representative Nancy Pelosi's hearing that the women in her law school program are having so much sex they are going broke buying birth control pills. Uh, did you catch this chick's name by any chance? Georgetown law student Sandra Fluke. Ms. Fluke, do tell and don't leave out any details. Just last week, a married female student told me that she had to stop using contraception because she and her husband just couldn't fit it into their budget anymore. Okay, well, I'm sure it gets sexier. Hold on. These denials of contraceptive coverage impact real people. In the worst cases, women who need this medication for other medical reasons suffer very dire consequences. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can we get to all the sex you're having, please? A friend of mine, for example, has polycystic ovarian syndrome, and she has to take prescription birth control to stop cysts from growing on her ovaries. Her prescription is technically covered by Georgetown's insurance because it's not intended to prevent pregnancy. Unfortunately, under many religious institutions' insurance plans, it wouldn't be. But is she going broke having sex? Well, sadly, no. Uh, she is a lesbian, but it's not really very hot, so... All right, but Rush sticks to his guns. Can you imagine if you're her parents, how proud of Sandra Fluke you would be? Your daughter goes up to a congressional hearing conducted by the Botox-filled Nancy Pelosi. Says the Oxycontin-filled Rush Limbaugh. Sorry, please continue, Rush. And testifies she's having so much sex. She can't afford her own birth control pills, and she agrees that Obama should provide them. Or the Pope. Now, hearing Rush repeat this over and over again, it kind of seems like he's a little confused about you know, how women's contraception works. Um, I'm no big city doctor, but um, I don't think y y women have to take a pill every time they want to have relations. It doesn't quite work like that. I could see why Rush would think you need to take a pill every time you want to have uh, relations. The radio talk show star, Rush Limbaugh, who was detained at the Palm Beach International Airport yesterday. The issue? One word. Viagra. So as you can see, Rush probably not the brightest bulb. Okay, let's go to uh, someone who's really got some brains. Bill O'Reilly, go. Sandra Flock, third-year law student at Georgetown University Catholic School, believes that all of us should pay for her sexual activities. Well, maybe if she made a nice donation to the Catholic Church, they'd do something to help her out. Eh, Bill? Talking head Bill O'Reilly allegedly tried to pay off the Nassau County Police Department with a charitable contribution in exchange for an investigation into whether or not his wife was having an affair with one of the department's police officers. And then he asked a bishop to make sure that they weren't using contraception. So, thanks, Bill. Gee, I wonder what... Uh, Bill would do if he ever met, you know, uh, Miss Flock personally. The court documents were filled with excerpts from Bill's dirty talk. Mr. O'Reilly said to the plaintiff, and just use your vibrator to blow off steam. What? You've got a vibrator, don't you? Okay, you get the idea. And, and we kid because we love. Um, and I better not say any more because I don't want Fox security after me. Okay, so, um, you know, just in conclusion, you know, I'm not big on ad hominem attacks. I'm not, you know, big on making fun of people because of their weight or their appearance or anything like that. But I think we can agree that Rush Limbaugh is a fat pig.
Herman Appio is a stand-up comedian based in Seattle, Washington. He was born and raised in Hawaii, however. Yeah, I know what you're thinking. We're going to get to the bottom of that, too. Here's our interview with Kermit Appio. All right, joining us on PS Tape Recorder, it's comedian Kermit Appio. And did I pronounce that correctly? Because only, I've only ever seen yes. it in print. <laughs> oh, wow, good. I got it first try. All right. Um, <laughs> well, I know I, I've talked to you uh, before. Uh, it was years ago, though, uh, probably for City Pages, or might have even been for an appearance you did in Cleveland. I'm not even sure now. Um, but uh, for folks not familiar, uh, you're were born in Hawaii, correct? Yes, born and raised on the island of Oahu. Okay, so are you a real U.S. citizen, Kermit? <laughs> yeah, from the Kenyan part of Oahu. Okay. <laughs> All right. We're going to have to see your long-form birth certificate. All right, so, well, growing up in Hawaii, did you have a, a strong interest in comedy, or were you just kind of funny around your friends, or how did you get interested in, in being a comedian? Uh, a little bit of both. I, I, I liked comedy. I always enjoyed, uh, you know, on Friday nights, if I, if I did my homework, my mom would let me uh, listen to, or stay up to watch Johnny Carson, you know? I, oh, there you go. I, uh, I wasn't a fan of comedy, and even when I was doing open mic, I never really thought I'd do it as a job. You know, I, I I just sort of liked being around it, and yeah. when I was doing open mic, I just thought the comedians were twisted and weird, and I enjoyed being around them, and and and, and made a group of friends. So, uh, so yeah, I was a fan of comedy, but never I never thought growing up like, oh, this is what I want to do. So, uh, you didn't try your hand at stand up until you'd moved to Seattle after college or for college, was that? Right, right. It was after. And, okay. Uh, yes. Yeah, so I was. Yeah, I started at the uh, the open mics here in Seattle. Okay, and did. Uh... What what kind of gave you the push to maybe consider quitting your day job? Uh, you know, I was uh, starting to get little paid gigs here and there, which at the time was amazing. You know, people, hey, I'll give you uh, $50 to do comedy. You know, getting paid to do your hobby just seemed crazy. And um, and I started to get people saying, you know, if, uh, if, uh, if you could do my gigs, I should, you know, I'd hire you as an opener on these gigs. And, so I started to get offers to do road things, and I was 23 years old and thought, you know what, I'm, I'm going to do this for two years and then grow up and become an adult sometime around the time of 25. And that was about 21 years ago. <laughs> so, I, so I just, I never, I never stopped doing it. I just kind of stayed in and, uh, uh, but yeah, I really, I really thought it would just be something. It, it was kind of like my, my uh, uh, backpacking to Europe trip, you know? Yeah. Um, it was just a thing I was going to do so I could have just, stories about it afterwards. Just and, a phase, you thought. And, so Yeah, and, and it turn, turns out it became a job. So what was the job you left? I was working for United Airlines. I was counting liquor bottles. Uh, you know those you know those carts that they push down the yeah. aisle? Yeah, yeah. Um, I was the one that would get those carts and count what was left, and, uh, and then I would reset them for the outbound flights. And, uh, yeah, I just basically worked in a big room full of liquor. Wow. So, yeah, you went from working in one room full of liquor, really working in another room full of liquor. Yes. And the nice thing was in comedy, I had more access to it than, <laughs> than in the other one. <laughs> the, the, the original job, I was among liquor, but I had to, I had to account for all of it. So. <laughs> um, now, I know you do a lot of corporate work. Uh, how much of that takes up your schedule, and how much is uh, theaters and, and comedy clubs? Um, I would say, 
I'd say corporate work is about half of what I do, which is actually kind of a big percentage for a lot of comedians. Um, oh, yeah. Um, and then I have other types of work. And then I think clubs are about 30 to 40 percent of what I do. But, um, you know, I, I'd like it to be more. Uh, but, but, yeah, right now it's, you know, kind of in the one-third range. Now, do you like the corporate gigs? I would assume you would if you're doing 50% of them, but I know some guys hate them, and other guys love them. I like them. I, you know, I like them. The, the, the thing that I, that's hard about them is that you can't work on the act. You know, you can't try new material. You can't, uh, oh, yeah. uh, you can't take chances. You can't, you know. Uh, I do like them because they are, um, they are a, a different type of comedy. You know, an audience that's sitting there with their boss 10 feet away and, and the owner of the company two tables away, it, it's a really different challenge to make them laugh. Oh, you know, yeah. And people, you were in a comedy club in, in the dark, they have anonymity, and so they can just kind of let loose and be who they are. Um, but the, the, corporate, uh, the corporate gig has a whole different uh, character to it, and I enjoy that challenge. I, I like it. And, I, and I've done them long enough, and I've done enough of them where I, I, can, I can, you know, I can do pretty well in them. I, I can... At the very least, I can survive in them because I because I know the makeup of it. But uh, but yeah, so I, I I like it. I don't I know some comics do it just because it's a good paycheck. But but I actually do like you know the the challenge of an audience sitting at the bar. Did did you have uh, ever one of those challenging corporate gigs where it's like maybe at ten o'clock in the morning? It's not really an ideal time. Or they have someone was just telling a story uh, on some other podcast I was listening to that he had to do a corporate gig, but there was other stuff going on while he was performing, like he was performing in the middle of this, I guess, this big uh, room where they had all this uh, trade activity going on, too. Like, so he was, and he was up there, so only like half the people were paying attention. Do you ever get any gigs like that, or are they usually pretty well, straightforward? On those, on things like those where they have other things going on, I've gotten pretty good at sort of expressing my opinion and saying, you know, that's a really tricky thing for comedy. If you're going to have comedy, you should have it in a room where it's the only thing going on because it demands so much attention. And it really demands the audience to be focused in on it. And so I've done things where, you know, they have one room that has comedy, another room that has a, a jazz duet, another okay. room that has some, you know, and, and those work because the, if people come into the comedy room, it's dedicated to that kind of comedy. Um, and yeah, and I've done the morning things. You know, last week I did a, a, a gig, a 9 a.m. corporate gig, mm-hmm. and it was two hours from my house, right? So I had to leave at about 6.30. Good grief. Um, yeah, <laughs> you know, that's, and you know what? I, it, it's hard for me to whine about it because you know I, I saw other cars on the freeway, and I realized, well, these people do it every day, so I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna whine about the one day I had to get up at, you know, at six. And, and uh, but it is, it is kind of weird, but it turned out to be a great gig. It was actually a really fun audience because they're not used to having communion at breakfast, so they were very, they were very excited about it. They were really into it. Well, and people listen to comedy in the morning, you know, and with, with uh, your morning zoo programs and whatnot. So it's not a completely out of the box idea. True. Yeah. True. That's very true. And and, uh, and 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 people also drink coffee, so they they're they're ready for it if you if you bring it to them. So. So I guess since it makes up half your schedule, and the other half you get to you know do the club and stuff. Is it a little more relaxing that you maybe you don't feel compelled to to, to, to take a risk there, and you can just kind of relax and and do the hits, and then. You know, kind of charge the the batteries when you go to a club or to a to a theater. Yes, I mean, you know what? That's almost exactly what I do. I mean, when you when you're at the um, the corporates, you do you do the uh, you do the hits like you said, um, and then you know when I've got a club week coming up, I can't wait to kind of see you know the things I've been working on or, or the things that are 
that are really close to being, you know, where I want them. Uh, I can't wait to kind of get them, get them pushed over the edge, you know. So, uh, but yeah, you, you described it exactly. It's exactly what I'm trying to accomplish when, uh, uh, in each. And, and I don't mind, you know, in the, in the corporates when, you, when you're doing the hits, I don't mind that at all. I think it's, I think it's good because every once in a while you're doing a joke you've done a long time and you'll think of some kind of tag, you know, something, something to add to it that is, uh, that is new, like a new line on the end of it that might come up. So, yeah. you know, you're always, you're always trying to create, um, but, uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with, you know, doing the old standbys and, and knowing, knowing what you can accomplish, uh, with that audience. It's, it's, it's fine. So what would you ultimately like to do uh, with the comedy? I, you know, I, I think there's a certain age where you still think that way. Like you still think this is what I want to do with it and just want to go with it. Um, and, and then you reach a, a, you reach a point where you just kind of go, you know what, I'm just going to work at it and, and do the old cliche. Just go, just go kind of day by day and, uh, and see what happens. I mean, I think, you know, early on, I, I would love to have gotten something on TV, and only because TV gets you better gigs. You know, TV well, yeah. gets you into, into theaters and, and, and things like that. Sure. Um, and and uh, and so I think now I just I just want to keep getting better, and if and if uh, if there is another opportunity, uh, that'd be great. I'd be I'd be more than happy. But I think I think my focus now is just to just to become a really good comedian because there are comedians out there who I really like who are. Kind of making it without major TV. Oh yeah, stuff, yeah. You know? uh, Brian you know, like, Regan, Mike Birbiglia, uh, uh, yeah, Jim exactly. Gaffigan, to an extent. Regan's, yeah, Regan's one of my favorite comedians, and he's you know he's doing theaters now. Birbiglia, like you said, yeah. There's 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 a way to do it with uh, with just that, but then and certainly you have to have a the occasional Comedy Central sure. special or live at Gotham. You know, you got to some kind of exposure. You don't really need the uh, the weekly TV thing. You know. If the stand-up is the stand-up is, is of good enough quality. Now, I'm not saying I, I uh, my stand-up is, is the same quality as Regan or Birbiglia, but that's kind of would be the only goal I would have if I do have a goal along with that. All right. Well, thanks for taking the time, Kermit, to be on the tape recorder. And uh, of course, the print portion of this will be in Minneapolis City Pages uh, the week you're in Minneapolis. And of course, we'll link to all your uh, to your website, and so folks can you know, find out where they can see you in other parts of the country. Cool, man. Thank you. Is there, is there, uh, is there stuff you can use there? Oh, yeah. Lots of, okay. lots of good stuff here. I think everyone's going to enjoy it. Um, okay, and hope we'll get you down here in Cincinnati sometime as well. We can check you out. Oh, man, I, I, I would love that. I've never, I've never been. I, I, I passed through once and, and, uh, and headed out to, uh, uh, I think it's south to get to the Hall of Fame. Yeah, uh, north. Uh, so, north, north. So I just foot, football and rock and, and roll, I, I yeah. said, yeah, so I've never stopped in there because I, I was I, I was working in a couple of different states and was passing through Ohio and, uh, and and wanted to see the Hall of Fame. So I went up to see went up to Canton and uh, um, but I would love to come there sometime, man. I, I really do. Cool. Well, we'll look forward to it. Okay. Thanks again, Kermit. All right. All right. Thank you. All right. Bye bye. Of course, you've heard by now that Davy Jones of the Monkees passed away last week. Uh, on his Facebook page, Greg Martini, a friend of the podcast and former member of the uh, brilliant and sorely underrated pop trio Birdhouse, uh, posted on his webpage a video by his former band, Birdhouse, 
called Wild Cherry. And apparently, uh, the video, parts of it, bit of an homage to the monkeys. And it got me thinking that uh, really, if you grew up in that era, either watching the monkeys uh, firsthand on NBC or in reruns in the 70s or in the 80s on MTV, uh, that band really had an influence on a lot of people in a lot of different ways. So I thought just as an homage to Davey and the way he uh, influenced us along with the rest of the band, uh, I would play Birdhouse's song, Wild Cherry, and here it is. Enjoy.
Birdhouse with Wild Cherry in honor of the late, great Davy Jones of the Monkees. And uh, we've got to find a way for you folks to get a hold of uh, that album, by the way, from Birdhouse, uh, Serendipity-Doo. Uh, I will work on that and get back to you. That's just 21 great, quirky, power-pop tunes. Just totally awesome stuff. Uh, thanks again to Kermit Appio for being the big guest on the podcast today. Uh, PS tape recorder and music composed by John Veropoulos with a little bit of help. Little with a little bit of help from me. Performed by John Veropoulos, Doug O'Connor, with a little help from me. PS Tape Recorder logo by Dan Coble. Follow him at Tiger Dactyl on Twitter. Like us on Facebook, PS Tape Recorder. Just look for it there in the search bar. Follow me on Twitter at PS66. Got a few shout-outs to some fellow podcasters. Succotash Show, which uh, a clip from this program, not this particular uh, PS Tape Recorder, but from a past episode, is going to be featured on the Succotash Show either this week or next. Uh, also, shout-out to Comedy a Go-Go, Proudly Resents, and something uncensored. Uh, the latter gave this show a shout out, but unfortunately called it PS Mixtape because their hosers up there in Newfoundland, eh? Now you know I love my, my Canadian girls. I'm a, I'm a huge canophile. Thanks for the shout out, girls. And uh, I guess that's about going to do it for me today. Uh, so long, and thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.